This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to What the Hops. Brian and Savannah here. Well, not really here. We're actually on uh, the House Party app, and we're joined by Drew Harden currently. We don't know, actually, who's going to show up. That's the one thing about House Party, too, because I think you could fit, what, eight people in a room at a time? Eight people. So let's see if anybody really pops in or pops out. But we're in quarantine, right? I'm sure at this point... At this point, everybody by now, you know, is uh, dealing with this bullshit. So if you're listening to this, maybe we're out. Maybe we're not. Maybe the whole world blew up or something. (laughs) We'll figure it out. But yeah, shit's weird. So how are you guys dealing with it? Shit is weird. Um, I'm hanging in there, at least trying to, you know, mild cabin fever. I think everyone's got mild to severe. (laughs) Uh, just making lots of food and trying not to drink myself into a stupor because I have a yeah that's kind of where I'm at like I um, I have a ton of beer I have a ton of food and a ton of time and that's like normally a good thing but I hate that it's like a, a forced thing I clearly hate uh, authority because I don't like to be being told to have that I have to stay inside well both of you two are uh, industry industry workers. I mean, Savannah, you're front of the house, and Drew, you're making all the beer. So, for Thin Man right now, technically, you guys are still brewing some here and there, or we are. So we're pretty much down to core essential staff, which is predominantly just the brew brew staff. We even cut some of the brew staff that's there. So. Pretty much the only people that are there are Rudy, myself, Todd, and then Brother Brewer, who is in Hollywood. And we kind of all run around and do stuff in shifts to keep appropriate social distancing and making sure that, you know, no one's really working too much. It's only like one to two people there at a time. Uh, and then we rotate all the shifts, and hours are definitely a lot lighter than they used to be. Um, a lot of distributors in New York State are not accepting draft product anymore, uh, which completely makes sense. There's no bars or restaurants open to really get draft product, uh, which is probably why you've seen a lot of breweries in town being like, we're having keg sales. Well, that's why. <laughs> uh, so no one's really taking it. So, um, But a lot of the breweries have been doing what they can. So they've been giving everyone who's a you know regular commercial consumer which before you weren't really kind of allowed to do until they made to go product available. Uh, but we've been giving everyone pretty much the same price that we've been selling uh, to our distributors at, which is, it's a very fancy industry term, the FOP price, but you know, it's, it's what you get as a retailer. But at the same point, we don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know uh, anything in the foreseeable future is how legislation is going to roll itself out. So instead of letting beer sit there and go bad, well what's nice uh, nice for you guys though is you guys just got a canning line right 
We've had one. Uh, well, we've had one at the Chandler's location, so that's really kind of saving our bacon uh, because distributors are still taking canned packaged product. Obviously, it goes out to essential businesses like grocery stores. Uh, that's kind of why we're allowed to operate as we're a food manufacturer by license and technicality. Uh, so, yes, it is beer. Beer is liquid bread. Liquid bread is good for you. Uh, so we're technically a food manufacturer, so we're able to stay open. Um, that being said, it's not really a bar setting. We can't have the restaurant open. We can't have the, the tasting room open. Uh, it's literally packaged product for the consumer market. So it's kind of, kind of where we're at. Yeah, and at CBW, we were not doing any food takeout, even though we were technically a restaurant, but uh, we are doing to-go beer, and uh, it's been super successful. Um, I will say, though, and I said this earlier to a few people in the industry, I think we're going to hit a bubble at some point. You know, the first week was super awesome, and everybody came out and was very, like, support local and it was phenomenal and there was a bunch of beer releases and everybody stocked their fridges and i think in the next maybe week to two weeks like reality is gonna hit a little bit you know people aren't making money they're gonna have to pick between paying their bills and you know fun stuff like beer and uh i think we're gonna hit a point where we're gonna hit a bubble where there it's just not gonna be as successful so i know like specifically community beer works did really really well this last week um we did have three hand releases and whatnot but uh overall i think it's gonna slow down a little bit which i hate to i hate to say but i, I think that's realistically where we're heading in the next maybe two weeks Oh, for so, sure. I mean, like you said, craft beer is kind of a commodity. It's a, it's a bit of a luxury item. So yeah. I mean, think beer, beer, great. Uh, you know, if you if you want to go the route and get cheap beer because you don't have money and you want to have beer, that's one thing. You know, if you want to get good craft beer, it's going to cost you a little bit more than a 30 rack. So, right. you know, it's kind of pick and choose your battles and it all depends upon your wallet. And I'd also like a lot of places, like you said, are selling kegs and stuff. I would say majority of people don't have a setup for that. I mean, that's that's to a very select audience that have the You're setup correct. to have a keg at home. So two tap kegerators need to find a home for a while. So we've, yeah. we've got a lot of that. Uh, places that operate on like smaller fridges and only do like a couple of draft lines. Uh, they usually end up in somebody's garage or, or, or some sort of storage. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they still put them to use. And given the situation, there was probably still beer in it when it happened. So, well, the thing is, too, I mean, there is a pretty big portion still of people actually working. Um, I'm part of that working at a food plant. I mean, we still have going into work every day we probably still have a good couple hundred people and i mean that's on the small end i know there's a lot of places that there's still you know but to clarify you work for a food manufacturer so yeah, like yeah, again yeah. you're considered essential which and so to, to anybody that's not in new york state listening like new york state is down to essentials so unless you're making medical equipment i feel like uh, i feel like maybe 70 percent of the country is down to like essential except for like okay. the states that honestly just don't give a fuck about anybody and they're all too stupid to realize what's going on 
Well, it, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. But the governor of New York State actually said that your employee staff must go down to zero percent of non-essential employees on the work site. So, yeah, there might be people there that are working from home. So you've got some that's doing logistics or accounts payable, accounts receivable for food yeah. manufacturers, medical manufacturers, things like that. But they're working from home. The big thing is on site also is, is what New York State has kind of cut everything down. It was 75 percent of workers yeah. could be there. And it was 50% of workers could be there. And then it was 25% of workers could be there. And then now it's down to zero. So yeah. uh, it, it escalated kind of quickly and all that I think was over the course of about nine days. So, you know, just under a week and a half, it's a dramatic cut of employees on site. Not saying that they're not working, if they're working from home or are able to work from home, but you no. Know. Hey, Hi, Jeremy. it's Jeremy Rossi. Hey, J- just so you know, Jeremy, we're recording the podcast right now, too, so you can join on in. We're just talking quarantine bullshit. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so what are you guys drinking since we didn't even say that yet? Do you want to know what I drink you got, all you got night the H2O or what I'm over there, Jeremy? Drinking? I've got some Jenny White crystal clear. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you flip to water? No, I was cleaning he up was, my glass. He was drinking Natter Days earlier. What are you drinking, Drew? I'm going to go to the carrier and get another glow and I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm drinking, um, uh, well, what are you drinking, Savannah? Uh, currently, so I just opened in Tarabang CBW, but like all night, like just so we're like fully uh, transparent. Let's see, I've had one Frank. To Frank from CBW, uh, and then I opened. Uh, I finally opened this bottle, Brian, that we got in New York City because it was a sour and it was good and it was delicious from Interrobang. So the chisel tip. Um, I didn't. I didn't grab. Aged, I, I should have grabbed one of them. Yeah, it was aged for like the last year in wine barrels and then like two months on blueberries, and it was phenomenal. Still tasted fantastic. Um, and then I had. What else did I have? Oh, and then I had, uh, so then I opened one of these from Fifth Frame, which is in Rochester, which was the um, Strawberry Royal Minutes. It was phenomenal. It's like, it was like strawberry lemonade, but it was, it still tasted like beer, which I appreciate. Um, and then, and then I opened the uh, single cell unfiltered pilsner from Hitchhiker. I'm going to be honest, didn't love this. Was that and a then... Tavor pickup? No, I got that in uh, Pittsburgh when I was uh, at Hitchhiker. And then I opened this Anchorage uh, Shapeshift Black uh, Triple, I- uh, triple I- Pale, uh, IPA. And uh, it was all right. It was all right. And now I'm back on home turf. So you've had yourself a night. I just got out of work, so I'm currently drinking a Mecca Boodle because, uh, yeah, originally I bought a bunch of it so we can actually talk about it on the podcast. So I've got a damn right to talk about it on a damn podcast. So I can't talk about it because yeah, I haven't because had a Mecca Boodle yet. <laughs> I feel awful. So why don't, well, why don't we talk about it, Drew, since you and I are the only two that have had it. Uh, so Mecca Boodle, we actually did at our Elmwood facility, at our Chandler facility. So those who aren't familiar, we have uh, two breweries. Uh, one of them's on Elmwood Avenue, uh, brewery, taproom, kitchen, upstairs bar. Um, we do events at both, but that's kind of our smaller facility. That was the original brewery that we opened up with. 
Um, and so that is a 15 barrel system that we push into 15 barrel fermenters. Uh, so we do a little bit of smaller stuff over there. Uh, comparatively speaking, uh, everything that's at Chandler is a 30 barrel hot side system that we push into 90 barrel fermenters. Uh, so a lot of our production stuff that you see in package, especially now, uh, is coming out of the Chandler facility, but the Elmwood facility gives us uh, a lot of room to kind of play around, have fun, uh, do smaller batches. If you see any of our single batch can series that are coming out, those are all coming from our Elmwood location. That's Ryan. Uh, Ryan is kind of our undercover brewer. He, he likes to not really be known. Wait, so you work <laughs> at Chandler? I've always thought you worked at, at Elmwood in my head. Like in my uh, we, mind, we I was like, and, we bounce back and forth. So uh, Rudy is our head brewer, uh, head brewer, head of operations guy. So he kind of oversees mm -hmm. the facilities. Uh, Ryan is our head brewer at the Elmwood location, and then Todd and myself are pretty much our production leads. We did have a couple other employees there, um, but you know, things are things, and we had to you know cut down a little bit. So. Uh, right now, it's just the four of us, uh, Rudy, Todd, Ryan, and myself. All right. So, Jeremy, what are you drinking we'll while, while, while we deal with that? Speaking of songs, I'm dealing with Einstein's favorite. Ooh. Oh. I love me some equilibrium. Equilibrium? Yep, a little triple at, you know, midnight. What could possibly go wrong? Orange vanilla. So, are you still working right now? Uh, not at the brewery currently. Well, no, not at the brewery, but your regular job too, though. Oh yeah, I'm cool at the regular job. Yeah. Okay. Jeremy, do you want to fill everybody in? So Jeremy works at Mortalis. Do you want to fill everybody in, like how the vibe is over there? Uh, we're still trying to crank out the best stuff that we can with um, the time period going on. We obviously, we can't have the in-house tap room, so we unfortunately lost that sense of community. But we're still trying to push out the best product that we can and with the to-go beer portion. So we have a drive-through window located between our exit and our entry door that we're still pushing out crawlers on, I believe, Tuesdays through Saturdays, just trying to get it out to the people so you don't have to sit. Are you still having like the same kind of like line that you would have on a normal crawler day? Uh, not particularly since it's just announced day of, so you don't really get that kind of like preparation, we'll call it. Whereas got like it. We're doing a Sunday release and we got a brand new beer. Everyone's like, oh crap, I got to get XYZ or this or that. Whereas right. Like, what can we crowler? I have a feeling is what the mindset has been. Got it. Welcome back, Drew. Can we hear you? It should should be better. Yeah. All right, back. All right, yeah. <laughs> so I have a gigantic tank of a phone case that is oh. supposed to help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Jeremy, like, it's crazy because I mean, Mortalis specifically um, is used to you know on like Thursday, Sunday, your retail does normally ridiculously well as is. So um, you usually have crazy lines. Um, and so that kind of surprises me that it, well, I guess maybe because it's more spread out through the week or whatever, but obviously the, we're not going to talk num specific numbers, but, um, the issue, weird. the issue that Mortels is going to deal with right now is the fact that you're losing a lot of money on just your bar, your tap room sales. I mean, you're not going to be able to sell 
nearly as much because you're not filling as many crawlers as you would with the amount of people that are walking in and out of that door. So that I can't speak to, but yeah, I mean, I, I figured, I figured, like, I mean, you're not filling the amount that you're selling daily to sell, and then are you selling that much daily? You know, like, I mean, you'd have to have a lot of traffic coming in and out, and people, people aren't really making. I know, that trip right? Early. But my my point is, is like they normally I guess it's more like supply over demand because you were only doing retail like essentially two days a week like Thursdays Sundays so now it's kind of four or five days a week um more spread out so it's like again I don't know the numbers but um I would think that it would hope to come out to be about the same because I feel like the demand is still the same for your retail but uh, again, I, again, I think that bubble's coming where people just aren't going to have disposable income to spend on beer, to be quite honest. But, but I, I think you can get people to kind of drink more beer by the pint. And when they don't really think about it, if you've got two 16-ounce pints, you've got a crawler. You know, yeah. people hang out and have a couple pints, and then they take a crawler to go. You sold two crawlers instead of one crawler. And, you know, you're technically selling more beer and moving a little bit more product. You're moving way more volume. Yeah. And what this is right now, too, is this whole situation is like a beer trader's dream because now, like, <laughs> you know, you got yeah. these dudes that just live off of trading are going to go to Mortalis every day and buy whatever they can and then just ship it out everywhere, you know. And that's I, just what it's going to be. I love the mules, but I hate the mules. I know. I've been in a few chats on Instagram where people were talking about that. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, they were talking about trading Mortalis. And this was like, I don't know, a couple of days ago. And I'm like, you do realize they're open now, like four or five days a week, only retail. Like you can walk up and you don't have to wait two hours. Like, and they were like, holy shit. Like they had a, it was mm -hmm. like, a, they didn't realize like, yeah. Oh. So but yeah, that's how that's how a lot of breweries are going to end up doing. Or like, I haven't been out there in a minute, but you're doing like call aheads too, right? So people can come and place an order, so it's all ready for them. Oh, I don't know. Are you? Are you doing? Are, are they doing that, Jeremy? Are you? No, do, you're not doing call aheads. No. Uh, Rising Spoon is doing the call aheads and order online, and um, I can't remember which other out in the living scenario is doing that. Yeah, I would think uh, I think Mortalis probably wouldn't want to do that because then. But they, they might they might start if they start having a lot of crawlers just kind of filled and stuff. It might be something where they might do we've, that. We've had both. We've had people walking up and then we've had people calling ahead. So let's go back is, to talking. Is man's taking orders? I mean, you can call ahead just to make sure they're open and asking. Or, like, if you go to ABB or something like that, you can order food and get crawlers to go and call ahead and order to take out. And ABV's right. tap list right now is actually yeah. pretty awesome. They got some good shit on that tap list. It's nice. Yeah. 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 Mike, Mike has been doing a good job of filling people up with bringing stuff in and also making sure his own is taken care of, I feel. Yeah, So, Drew, why don't it's, you tell it's us? Nice. Sometimes I like going to a place that I'm somewhat affiliated with and not drinking my own beer. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't you tell us more about this Mecha Boodle then? 
so Mecha Boodle is Minky Boodle, uh, as you know it and love it. So it's uh, raspberry sour. Uh, most of our sours are still live lacto. Uh, so we do some kettle sours and kill it, but a lot of them we do not. Uh, so they're nice and live lacto, you know, probiotic product uh, that we put a stupid amount of fruit in. Uh, so to put it in perspective, when we do a 90 barrel batch uh, at Chandler Street, it's roughly about 2.2 tons of raspberry puree that we put in for 90 barrels, uh, give or take. It's a lot of fruit. Uh, so when we did Mecha Boodle, we did Mecha Boodle um, at the 15 or the 15 barrel system at Elmwood. And that I think equated to be... Oh, I'm not sure on the exact numbers, but it was a lot of fruit by volume. <laughs> uh, so that's why the uh, Mecca Boodle is, you know, it, it sits at a different ABV, so we changed it. We do ferment our fruit out, uh, so we don't necessarily blend it uh, after primary and just kind of cold crash. We will actually allow a secondary ferment. Uh, so while a little bit of secondary ferment, you know, build up some of that uh, alcohol off the fruit. Um, make sure everything on our numbers hit and then cold crash and run BDK and make sure it's nice and good to go in package. And I was pretty stoked about it. Pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, this... Uh, we, don't, we don't filter or clarify anything yet. Uh, we'll just give it a nice little cold crash on it, you know, drop some of the pulp out. Uh, but we did, we did get a centrifuge that's kind of been put on the back burner. Uh, you know, it costs a little bit of money. We got it before everything kind of happened. So we will we will probably spin it out and try and get a little little bit more out of it, extract a little more flavor out of it. But for the moment, everything is nice and raw, a little bit of a secondary ferment, and Mecha Boodle is roughly double the fruit by volume that we're normally using. So I mean, this is a pretty thick ass beer. I mean, Mickey Boodle is already pretty thick as it is, but this like is yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it in your camera, and I'm like, holy shit, that's red. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Are you bring more now? Because I didn't get any on the first batch. The Mecha Boodle, no. There is some still available in draft for sale. If you're looking for that, uh, everything else went out to Can our retailers. So. You mean? Uh, you, only you or only kegs because I don't have a kegerator in my house. You should be able to get a crawler at Elmwood, if I'm not mistaken. You should still have okay. it on over I there. Think, I think I, I saw that posted, still. yeah. I was going to say, I think Phil posted something today. I should probably, I'll head him up. There, Yeah, there are some cans still out in market. Uh, I believe Sheehan got most of them, so. I think uh, I got maybe. Wegmans. I got like two so, left, I think, so. so... This is Brew Crime, a craft beer and true crime podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Beck. And I'm Nina. And we're your hosts. We pair a true crime story with a craft beer. That Nina will probably hate. Yeah, probably. Whatever. You can find our show on all your favorite podcast apps, and if you can't find it, contact us, and we'll try and change that. We can be found at brewcrime.com or on Twitter at brewcrime, on Facebook at brewcrime, or if you want to go to our group, it's group slash brewcrime on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pacific Beer Chat. Join us as we discuss the horrible crimes that surround us and try not to giggle. So, Drew, you also have been teaching over at Trocare. So, obviously, 
all colleges and high schools and all all schools all over the place are on a halt are you what has been the transition for you guys doing the teaching of the brewing school are you are you on complete halt or are you doing like online stuff like a lot of the other secondary schools are doing uh, we haven't switched to online yet. Uh, it's up in the air right now. So what Trocare did was actually push their spring break up. Uh, so spring break was actually scheduled for this following week. They actually pushed it up to this week. So I was supposed to have classes on Saturday, but they kind of moved everything up for spring break this week. Mm. Uh, I actually teach the transit campus, not the campus on Choate Street downtown. So if you're familiar right. with Trocare, we have two campuses, like one's up by Russell Salvatore's. The other one is uh, down by Mercy Hospital. Uh, so the one at Mercy Hospital is predominantly new, uh, nursing, because uh, that's a lot of what their program focus is, uh, nursing and medical science. But they've kind of shut a lot of that down, obviously, because there's yeah. high Well, there was supposed to be, down. for TroCare, there was supposed to be an entire month. This entire month of March was supposed to be focused around women, women in craft beer, women in brewing. And uh, Eric Holman, who kind of runs yeah. the program of brewing at TroCare, uh, along with um, myself and like, I don't know, maybe six or seven other women have met together and determined uh, kind of a, a program for the last couple Tuesdays, which was supposed to be focused on women in beer and, uh, you know, history of women and the current women that are brewing and so on. And unfortunately can't have social gatherings. <laughs> so right. that's, none of that's, that's happening. Yeah, that's our TroCare on Tab series. So you don't have to right. be a member of the college. Uh, you can just come in off the street. Uh, we do educations and different events, uh, beer tastings as much as we'd like to, you know, show off what we're doing to the students and, and how the program itself is advancing. Uh, but like you said, unfortunately, we can't have gatherings like that anymore in a public setting. Uh, so it was a little bit of a, a, a discerning. A letdown for sure. Yeah. That's a bit of a I hope, I hope we uh, reschedule uh, that because that's like, I, I mean, that was a, a big deal. It, it's really kind of up in the air right now. I've been back and forth with Eric, who's my boss, and the, and the dean at the campus that I'm at. And, um, you know, we're trying to work out what we're going to do, whether the program is going to continue. Like I said, a lot of people don't know where we are. don't know where the situation is. don't know how long it's going to really kind of take to shake itself out. Um, right. When it comes to non-collegiate programs, there's a lot of schools that are, like, even if you're talking about, like, elementaries or high schools and things like that, they're talking that, like, they're done for the year. There's right. people talking in districts that are just like, yeah, we're not returning until June. We'll pick up classes and sit in the fall and just roll on. Um, that's been discussed at the program. Uh, we haven't quite finished that yet. Our program would be done in about two or three weeks from now. Uh, if that doesn't shake itself out, we'll either pick it up in the fall or swing around the summer or see if we can't condense some of those classes into a shorter amount of time. But we don't know. I, I, really feel like I feel like the entire world is like, hey, guys, we're going to push every single event, every single festival, concert, uh, whatever you had going on. Let's put it in September. <laughs> and just yes. like, spring, spring and possibly summer are canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Wait until the fall. Spring is definitely How do you guys canceled. all feel about we'll September? And then, if not, we'll pick it up in the fall. Yeah. Dude. So, um, just, I mean, like, it, everything's going to drop in September. It's going to be fucking bananas. It's like, I don't even know. 
it's Unreal. gonna be one crazy like Fourth of July, Easter, St. Patrick's Day, Davis Day. Dingus Day. I'm really upset about Dingus Day. Dingus Day is my favorite holiday of the year. It's the only one that I really care about. Like I am I'm pissed. <laughs> it is it is a bummer. It is a bummer, but we'll see. We'll see. You, know, you, never, it's you, not happening. you never know how things are going to shake out. You never know what's going to go on. So life moves okay. forward. You just don't know the pace until you're there. Well, if the president has anything to do with it, everything's going to be back up and running in two weeks. So <laughs> let's get ready for the apocalypse, guys. Yay, Dingus Day! <laughs> yeah, you know. Well. In, in the words of Jeff Goldblum, life uh, life finds a way. <laughs> sure I does. agree with everything Jeff Goldblum says. So yes, I agree. Yeah. So this uh, whole social distancing thing, really, I mean, a lot of breweries are doing drive-through windows like you said with mortalis or doing curbside pickup they're doing deliveries too um beltline was doing it for a little bit they're not doing it this week cbw you go online and you can order and they'll deliver it to you i think new york beer project they're also doing curbside though um but there's definitely a few local that are just hey you want this we'll bring it to you like we want to give it to you you know and the whole that's that's awesome yeah, that's awesome. I wish we, had, I wish we had the ability to do delivery like that. But oh, there's my phone. <laughs> and, but part of me wonders on if, like, if. Oh, bye, Jeremy. Part I'll of me back in ten seconds. Part of me wonders if the SLA will see all this going on and be like, "Well, hey, we should always do it like yeah, this. Why don't we yeah. let them uh, do this?" Well, they turned off the whole uh, beer truck that was supposed to happen in Syracuse. Oh, did they stop? Did they stop that from happening? Yeah, they shut them down because they were just going to drive around in the neighborhood, oh. around the drop-off routes were going to be, and just be like, "Hey, if you want something, order it from." What do you mean, like a food truck? A food truck, but for beer? Yeah, Basically, yeah, like, kinda uh, like an ice cream truck. Oh. Uh, food truck that was just gonna have four packs and crawlers and stuff from whatever the brewery was and just drive around neighborhoods and just have the like tone going off like the um, Mr. Dingaling music be like, hey. <laughs> Mr. Dingaling music <laughs> but like social media I think that would supposed to happen. no I think that would be great. I mean, if, if if the SOA looks and sees that business is doing really well with this, maybe they should, like, obviously you got to regulate it somehow, but maybe you should, like, kind of be a little more lenient on it and say, hey, well, yeah. you know, delivery is allowed for this amount of beer or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you have to do it in a certain way, but it's allowed. And then, I mean, you can have a service where, you know, someone goes around and picks up stuff from breweries or whatever else and then just drops it off at places, kind of like Grubhub or anything else, you know? Well, there's the the alcohol app Drizzly. So if anyone has seen that, um, Drizzly already exists. It's an app you get on your phone. It works exactly like Uber Eats. 
Uh, they have a stock of things that they carry, and so you can get like a bottle of vodka and a bag of lemons or limes and a bottle of mixers, and they'll deliver it to your home in like forty-five minutes or less. Wow, I did not not know that existed. We don't have it here, though. So right? all, of, all of you folks out there, if you haven't taken anything away from this podcast, Grizzly <laughs> exists, and you can get bottles of booze to go deliver to your house. That doesn't exist here, though, right? Right here in Buffalo? It does? Why would I be talking about it if this didn't exist in our area? I don't know. Maybe maybe you saw it somewhere else, and you're like, yo. I mean, it looks like I'm going to get this. Beautiful, beautiful thing. It looks like I know what I'm wow, downloading. Holy shit! <laughs> I, was just, I had no, I had no idea. I was just oh, thinking about worry. it. The first time I introduced to it, a friend of mine used it, and it blew my mind. Someone just showed up with a brown paper bag full of full of party go go juice, and I'm like, okay, that's that's how this day is turning out. I mean, it was only a matter of time. I mean, we have. DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats and I mean they'll go to like 7-Eleven for you but they can't buy you beer. I mean I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I'm pretty sure Drizzly runs off a few liquor stores and so you basically have like an Uber Eats driver so when someone goes for Drizzly they'll figure out where the closest place to get your order is, compile it and just send it to the driver and he picks it up and drops it. I mean, it's locally, the only place I know where you could ever get takeout beer prior to this whole endeavor was Ying's. So so the funny thing is I was actually having a conversation with Chris Budd, uh, owner of Craft Root and Bottle in Lewiston, who's now in the middle of changing yeah. locations. So, I love you know, kind of good and kind of bad, you know, how it is, but yeah. you know, he's not really getting in, so he can't technically work there, but... He was also kind of closed down for the moment because of his rent situation and his old place or lease situation. I don't know how that worked. He's, uh, he's renovating talking. his new space. So it's like good and also bad timing for him because he wasn't open anyways during right, this. Right. Because he uh, owes, so, uh, yes. for everybody that's listening, he owes Brood and Bottle in Lewiston. Yes. Uh, so he was, I mean, he's like, how do you think this is going to play out? After all this is over, do you think New York State is still going to allow this type of sale, whether it be breweries or bottle shops or restaurants? You know, do you think they're just going to go back and be like, okay, we're done with that. So everyone's going to stop doing that now. Yeah. Or if it's going to shoot itself out into, I guess, I would say positive legislation. Because, I mean, if you could be open as a, a bar and retailer, but then you could also then do to go you know, out of your location, which you couldn't necessarily do before, depending upon what your licensing was, that could right. be a really good step forward. Um, you know, that it took necessity to go that way. Or right. they could just be like, okay, the reason for that is now null and void, so you can't do that anymore. Sorry. And then, well, you know, it's back to the way it was. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I think time will tell on that. Well, Daryl, Daryl yeah, at... Uh... Daryl at Aurora Brew Works, he's killing it right now, man. Like, he's running his ass off just selling whatever he can. And he's clearing stock big time. On, I mean, he's not really clearing stock necessarily because he still has all the same stuff sitting there. But, like, he's, he's, he's been ordering a lot of new stock. Basically, I mean, like, like he's, he's just, not... like, he's what he's doing right now is basically running cases of other half and fin back to people. That's <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> but he's selling well, it like crazy, though. His package store, you know, he did have drafts there too, and he can do growlers, you know, so there's mm-hmm. there's that, but you know, 
having having the ability to, to just have people come up and pick stuff and grab it and then i mean they could do that anyway they could sit there and have them at his location but it's you know like i said if you're doing packaged product out the door that's great but people usually sit and hang out in your tap room have a couple beers and then take beer to go as opposed to just yeah. buying beer to go I mean, you know, yeah. and a lot of people don't think about it. And, you know, if you can get someone to hang out at your spot a little bit longer and have an extra pint, be like, oh, I'm going to try a pint of that. I haven't had it. Well, you might have just been coming up to pick up the two or three things that you have that you had. That might not be a style or anything that you're normally into or it might be on the edge for you. But if you can sit down at the tap room and have it and be like, oh, no, I like that. You're going to get that and you're going to get what you came for. And, uh, you know, on that, that same up. note, though, like, yes, I agree. People are obviously are not spending money at the tap room and they're just buying retail. But however, the people that are buying retail are like spending, I think, more money than they normally would because one, they're stocking up their fridges, but two, they're tipping really well. People are being very generous and i can speak from the the forefront of that of like um just seeing what cbd cbw is doing and also just um what i'm i guess what i'm personally doing i mean i'm over i already tipped 20 percent, so i'm like overcompensating after that knowing that other service industry people are suffering so and i know other people feel the same way especially other service industry people so like the people that are delivering the people that are on the forefront that are making tips are doing okay <laughs> like they're doing quite well again for this week and again i think the bubble is gonna hit but for right this week they're doing phenomenal well, no, and it's been it's been great, and I know that a lot of the Western New York area and the Central New York area is very hospitality focused. Uh, you know, it, it's what a lot of people live on. Uh, but a large amount of my friends are unemployed because they work in hospitality. I grew up in hospitality before I became a brewer. Uh, you know, I went from back of house to front of house and jumped all around. So, you know, I've cut my teeth in the trenches, and I know what it's like to to work on a salary salary. A tipped wage instead of like a salaried wage or an hourly wage, and a lot of those people are are suffering from from what they got into working with the occupation. And yeah. it's tough. And I've tried to go on out and support not only our local restaurants but our local breweries. Uh, last weekend, before everything got super crazy, I tried to hit at least three or four local breweries. Uh, and being a brewer and you show up at another brewery, they're like, oh, cool, thanks for buying beer. Here, take this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, take my money. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to support you. I hope that you support me. Like, I don't, I appreciate the freebies and it's always nice and I never ask. And uh, it's really nice that having the folks in the industry that kind of take care of right. themselves back and forth. Uh, but there was a few times, I, a few brewers I went to, and I'm just like, no, I'm like, take my money. Like, take my money, pay your employees, pay the people that are there, because I'm one of those guys someplace else. So, you know, I want to take that love and spread around. And a lot of people have been doing it and returning the favor. And it's nice to see, uh, you know, the, the community, both the hospitality community and the brewery community, uh, are really trying to take care of their own right now because they're both getting hit pretty hard. And I love that. I love that so much. It's like, uh, I really do. And I wish I wish I could do more, but like I'm also not working. <laughs> right, I, I hit my limit. I, I went to a few places and I ate out a few places and I checked my bank account and looked at my savings and I was like, 
okay, that's not sustainable, but I'm glad I made a decent fact. <laughs> like, now I'm going to go buy some eggs and some bread, and I'm just going to hunker down for a little bit. But I'm still going to go to Pressure Drop tomorrow, which, uh, so this will probably be out later. Oh, yeah, this isn't, this this isn't release, going to be out tomorrow. Pressure, <laughs> pressure Drop has a release tomorrow at, like, 3 o'clock, and I'm going to go get it, because... Yeah, so even... I so this Carl, I want to support him. This week in particular, too, uh, in Buffalo, we have... Well, I guess Western New York, I should say. We have... Uh, Pressure Drop releasing Wednesday the 25th, the Volcano Bunny, which is a hopped-up pineapple sour. Um, Resurgence on Saturday is releasing their social distancing, social distancing double IPA, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. That'll be out on Saturday. And then um, Brickyard has a release as well. It is... Uh, uh, it's either Friday or Saturday without looking. It's Friday, actually. They're doing a Imperial Oak Cream IPA, um, a Blueberry Pilsner, and the Ten Pints Polish Pilsner. So they have that, and they still have all the uh, other fun stuff that they released. Um, flat yeah. Brim Hat and uh, Blap. And- that Flat Brim Hat is so good. If nobody out there hasn't have it, had it yet, I that is so fucking good. Yeah, the uh, Blap the Blap is still Blap too. Um, yeah, just because good, but I just really because it's not in a cat can doesn't mean it's not that good. It's still pretty good. <laughs> um, I wanted to get out there. I haven't had oh, yeah. a chance to get the Bourbon Street so. <laughs> What is okay, that, Denny? You have to hydrate. Yes. But the red eyes, <laughs> not the creamers. I'm normally drinking hydrate. <laughs> I'm actually currently drinking a brew one, which was on that release with the Mecca Boodle as well. So good beer. With the brew one hops so that people aren't familiar with the, the fancy new hops that are coming out that uh, people people have kind of took a little focus to there's a few newer varieties of American hops that are coming out. So that was one that we got. It's not strictly brew one. Um, we have done smash beers in the past, but most hops work a little bit better when you can kind of play them off a couple other different flavors. Uh, just cause otherwise you'll end up with a very one note beer. Uh, no one likes really one note. So uh, we, we mix that up with a couple of bridles we had as well, but really kind of focused on the brew one hop itself. Nice and hazy, pretty delicious. I got the sticker on my Jeep, so you see my Jeep rolling around with the little sorcerer. Peter, <laughs> Peter designed it. Awesome job with that. It was one of, my, one of my favorite labels for our small batch series. So, Yeah, so I think I'll, I only have one can left of the Band of Gold, and I'm like trying to save that because that beer's fucking hits there's still some left don't worry the brewers have been hoarding a little bit of it in the cooler so <laughs> <Nice>. uh, <laughs> when you talk to the brewers we pretty much go for the um there's actually a couple of kegs of european sexy still floating around i did see that uh, i saw i, I saw they were selling that so uh they might be available they might not i think we formed a a, a poor man's collective amongst the remaining brewers to try and purchase <laughs> those kegs <laughs> we can leave them on 
But yeah, that was a great beer. Um, what was it? Saws and Flotta Cops uh, did a natural carbonation on it. So we spunded it out. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with spunding, uh, it's one, it's a fun word to say, spunding. Uh, and two, uh, it's naturally carbonating uh, a Pilsner or a Lager or any beer of sorts uh, under its own natural head pressure. So as beer ferments, it creates an exceptional amount of carbon dioxide, which usually brewers blow off into a blow-off bucket. So when you ever walk around a brewery and you're... Uh, that's all the extra CO2 uh, blowing out of that tank so the tank literally doesn't fill up with pressure and explode. Uh, but they make this really cool device called a spunding valve, uh, which works like a pressure release valve. So you're able to set a certain amount of head pressure and then kind of burps it like Tupperware uh, as a, you know, as the beer ferments. So it keeps a, a certain amount in there that naturally carbonates it like you would do for home brewing or uh, traditional brewing before this fancy equipment existed. Uh, it's a little natural. It's a little more natural, a little more smooth, uh, but it also gives you a nice, nice impression of carbonation. So you get a, a nice fizzy beer all the way through because it's, it's really had time to sit in solution. And that's probably uh, so the, super refreshing. And that's probably the perfect thing to use um, when making like a European Pilsner, right? Yeah, kind of nice give it that. Yep. Nice little crispy book. You want that nucleic acid or carbonic acid? I'm sorry. A little bit of carbonic acid and dilution there gives it that nice little pop. I know. I'm hoping, uh, hoping this shit kind of dies down so we can actually get the uh, the rumored lager fest that was supposed to be happening this summer. Well, hopefully, uh, <laughs> brewers will have a lot of time now and uh, some empty tanks that they can uh, dedicate to some longer term projects like lagers. So. I'm sure you'll probably see a lot of them coming out at the end of this. So, and I'm all for that. I know, I know we've got a couple going just because you know we got time, we got space for right now. So, might as well make best use of it. Right. Be sure to uh, go check us out on all the social medias. Uh, Facebook and Twitter at What the Hops, on uh, Instagram at What the Hops Podcast, and uh, go hit up hoppedupnetwork.com and bigheadmedia's bigheadmedia.com to uh, find all our old episodes. And uh, where can we find you guys? Uh, well, you can hit me directly, so it's pretty easy. It's I brew too much on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, you can find me too. It's my name. That fairly professional. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. If anyone cares, uh, no one probably cares. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, if you want any information on the company other than myself, I usually promote it out a lot, but at Thin Man Brewing. Uh, so that's up there as well. Yeah, the, the the Facebook Gram Gram Tweety Tweets and all the other fun things. Uh, Jeremy? And I'm just at Lady of the Hops on Instagram. And Jeremy, where can people find you? If they want to find or you. <laughs> well, on that note, cheers, guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. Thank you. The show you just listened to is part of the Hopped Up Network. The Hopped Up Network is a growing family of craft beer podcasts in the United States and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts.